in Leviticus chapter 2. This book is a natural follow-up to Exodus. Not every book of the Bible is in chronological order, but this book happens to be in not too many days after the completion of the tabernacle, as we read at the end of Exodus, and before they began to journey, the contents of Leviticus took place. The instruction from the Lord revealing two main things this book had to do with atonement, which is a provision for pardon or forgiveness. Some way they have to get pardon and forgiveness for the crimes they've committed against God by nature and by practice. People were sinful. God showed them how to take care of that with a temporary covering through the blood of the sacrifices primarily and through other laws through intercession from the priesthood and from the ritual cleansing that they needed to have and living a holy life and that's the second aspect atonement they had to be made right with God and then they had to live right and those, those two themes run throughout the scriptures all the way up to Revelation or down to Revelation down to where we are as believers we can't do anything apart from the blood of Jesus nothing and we cannot have fellowship with God without walking as he walked in holiness it's impossible and we mentioned that the Atonement had to do first and foremost with the sacrifices and there was the sin sacrifice or sin offering and then the guilt offering and then the burnt offering, the peace offering, the grain offering and the mention of the priesthood, their office and their duties and the mention about purification and how the people should be holy and then the book towards the end also has a discussion on the danger and rewards of disobedience and obedience respectively these are the things that are discussed in Leviticus along with a a story of the death of Aaron's first two sons because they offered strange fire they came to God in a way that God did not prescribe they presumed upon the grace of God and they instantly died we see from all of this how important it is for us to be holy 
The Holy Spirit has recorded all of this in the narrative of Leviticus through Moses so that we can know what it means to be holy and we can know also not only that the consequences are deadly if we're not holy, we'll begin to die and eventually be away from God, but also the blessings, the blessings, the fellowship, the strength we have, the power with God, the covenant blessings, so much that we have. And often people may look at the Old Testament as a bunch of laws and a lot of judgment and a lot of failure and fail to see God's goodness. In the Psalms is written, that the person who sees how God has been exceedingly merciful to his people and to the world repeatedly, to individuals, the person who considers that is wise because they really understand the loving kindness of God. And that's written in the Psalms in the Old Testament. We looked at the first chapter of Leviticus last time and it dealt with the burnt offering chapter 2 the grain offering when anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord his offering shall be of fine flour the Israelites would have paid careful attention they understood about the bull from the herd and the lamb or goat or sheep from the flock and the turtle doves now God is saying if you will offer a grain offering acknowledging that all the source of food is from God all the goodness all the blessings this is not for sin but it's an offering from a person who is thankful and wants to worship God and has fellowship with God. But this would also be offered with other sacrifices. Taken by itself, we see the first ingredient, fine flour, one way of coming to God with a grain offering. And then it's written, and he shall pour oil on it we can visualize having fine flour and then taking some oil and pouring it right on top of it and then putting frankincense on it. And then you take these three ingredients put together. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, one of whom shall take from it his handful of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense. Just a portion of that that is brought to him, to Aaron's sons, the priest, that would officiate. And the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire 
So God made provision for the priests. As they were making this intercession for the people, they were given at various points commands from God through Moses to take portions of the animals or of the grain offerings for themselves. This is what they did. This is what they uh, served God with their lives as ministers of God. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. Verse 4, and if you bring as an offering, again, a grain offering, but this time, not just fine flour, but this time baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes, no yeast, of fine flour mixed with oil. This kind of cake or bread obviously would not rise. Unleavened, flat, what they call matzah. And it would also be mixed with oil, this unleavened bread, masa or matzah. And they would bring it to the priest with the option also of having unleavened wafers. In the New King James, it says anointed with oil. It means spread or smeared with oil. It can be fine flour, baked in the oven, or unleavened wafers, smeared with oil, spread with oil. But if your offering is a grain offering, now not in the oven, but baked in a pan, it shall be a fine flour, unleavened, no yeast still, mixed with oil either a flat plate or a griddle, also mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. Notice how Precise the instructions are. God in his wisdom has given detailed instructions, every aspect of it. They couldn't say, well, here's a grain offering. And I heard that, you know, you had to have flour, so here's some flour. And I heard about oil, to put some oil, let me mix the oil as much as I want, the way I want. And then here it is, here's my offering. In the case of the fine flour, frankincense was supposed to be another ingredient. In the case of the baked grain offering, it had to be unleavened and it had to be mixed with oil or unleavened wafers spread with oil. If it was baked in a pan or a griddle or a flat plate, it'll be broken up. That also was mixed with oil, unleavened. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. The flour, of course, represented 
the ingredient for bread among the staples of their consumption, staple food. Thanksgiving to God. The unleavened bread lacked yeast, which stands for evil. And God gave various ways in which they can bring it. Whether it be the flour by itself or baked or cooked in the pan, etc. Or in a covered pan in this case. You shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Then the priest shall take from the grain offering a memorial portion and burn it on the altar. It is an offering made by fire. The fire is standing for total dedication. Totally consecrated to God. It would consume. It would be devoted to be consumed in the service of God. This is what God expects of anyone who comes to him. He doesn't want a partial offering. He wants the whole offering. Our entire lives. It is an offering made by fire. Total. Dedication. Consecration. A total sacrifice. Which to God comes as a sweet aroma. A sweet aroma to the Lord. And what is left of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings to the Lord made by fire. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven or yeast. For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering to the Lord made by fire. We know about the leaven as yeast, but the common quality that leaven and honey share is the fermentation process. Honey can ferment if the temperature and the moisture is just right. Therefore, no leaven, no honey, nothing of this yeast production can be offered to the Lord made by fire. As for the offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to the Lord, but they shall not be burned on the altar for a sweet aroma. And every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. The salt was important in terms of indicating the presence of the covenant. In terms of indicating that the covenant is a commitment and a perpetual thing between God and the people. And the salt was necessary for the grain offering. And it's written, with all your offerings you shall offer salt. We saw 
in the Gospels recently, the Lord Jesus said, every sacrifice shall be salted with fire, and we should have salt in ourselves, have peace. As we have stated earlier, there are many things that are revealed in the New Testament, and through the Spirit's revelation as we read the Word of God with the main intention of knowing Him and His ways. If you offer a grain offering of your first fruits to the Lord, you shall offer for the grain offering of your first fruits green heads of grain roasted on the fire, grain beaten from full heads, and you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a grain offering. Then the priest shall burn the memorial portion, part of its beaten grain and part of its oil, with all the frankincense as an offering made by fire to the Lord. And so the Lord has given instruction about the grain offering. These laws that are given to Israel, these sacrifices, when it was blood, clearly for atonement, with the sin offering and guilt offering. And you have the whole burnt offering, a dedication, consecration, worshipping act of making sacrifice. Then the peace offering or the fellowship offering, along with the grain offering, thanksgiving, and as the peace offering implies, having that peace between God and the person. Fellowship. These were given with the laws of purification and separation from the people that they lived among. The Jews would stand out not only for their particular garments as priests would, but every Jew would stand out by their practices if they were following the Lord. And they stood out in stark contrast to the people around them because they had very strict laws. What we would know today as kosher laws also, dietary laws. They had a very distinct way of living, worshipping, eating. Every aspect of their lives centered around God's law. The other nations around would have their own idols, their own rituals and regulations, but nothing like this. Where God comes and says, I'm holy, and you must be holy. And there are certain things that you must not do because they're impure and unclean. There's a sense of moral purity unlike any other nation on the face of the earth that Israel understood directly by revelation from God through Moses. There were regulations to become purified 
before God to have fellowship with God which were mediated by a priesthood unlike any other priesthood in any other idolatrous religion. There were provisions made for the tabernacle worship and the maintenance of the grounds to be holy and the priests to be holy who represent the, the people so that God can dwell among them and lead them cloud by day and fire by night. There was a land that was promised to these people unlike any other nation on the face of the earth. And they were en route to inheriting that land. Up to this point we see they were on the way. There were people who as a whole were redeemed to become a holy people unlike any other people groups on the face of the earth. So many unique things that the Jewish people, the Israelites, had exclusively tied to their lot as God's people. And so for us, we are peculiar people ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. Because we have been redeemed like no other person or people through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been promised an eternal Canaan and we're en route to inheriting that Canaan. Heaven. Dwelling with God forever. We have been given laws written on our hearts to be pure and separate from the pollution that's in the world. From godlessness and godless living. We've rather been called to holy living and fellowship with God. Whereas we don't have a sin offering, guilt offering, burnt offering, grain offering, or peace offering that we bring to any tabernacle or temple site. We do have sacrifices of praise and a sacrifice of a holy life and body and mind on the altar of God. A perpetual sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Not a sacrifice that would die as any other sacrifice. But because Jesus died in our place, we can be living sacrifices. Walking about in the power of the resurrected life of Christ and then telling people about this unique relationship with God. The Israelites were supposed to be a beacon of hope, a bright light to all the Gentiles. Every other nation was supposed to look at Israel, these chosen people of God, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, within these 12 tribes, which became a nation, the nation of Israel. Every nation was to look upon them and to know this is the way to God. There were supposed to be lights. How? Not only by having access to God, by special revelation, and the specific regulations, the law given to them, the promises, 
the covenant, but also by their behavior in keeping the covenant, keeping themselves holy, keeping themselves in the righteousness of God by walking in obedience. We are called to be the same way. And through our witness, we have the added, very emphatic responsibility of calling people to be one with God through Jesus Christ. People are lost. People are perishing. They have no concept of what it means to offer righteous sacrifice to God through the praise, the fruit of our lips from a holy life, clean hands and a pure heart. They have no concept of that, but we do. We have actually experienced becoming born again where God created a new man within us, created in righteousness and true holiness after his image. We have the real life. Now we're supposed to tell people about it so they can escape not only the edge of the sword, meaning death, but eternal damnation, futility, darkness, and groping in the dark, grasping at nothing, chasing after the wind, dying continually while having a mask on masquerading as if they're happy with everything they get and do apart from God, which is idolatry. We have the high calling to be priests, a kingdom of priests unto God, to call people to come and see. Because now, God has opened up the way. Before, it was exclusively exclusively for Israel, the Jewish people. And then, here and there, people who would come into Israel and begin to follow the God of Israel. God was setting everything up. Then when Jesus Christ came, the way opened up for Jew and Gentile to become one in Christ. It was unthinkable before in the heart of most people, most Jewish people. But God made it happen because God so loved the world, the entire world, Jew and Gentile. We can go and call people to come and see how we sacrifice to God the sacrifices of praise. How God has called us to an acceptable form of worship where he will accept this sacrifice as a sweet-smelling aroma. How anyone and everyone, regardless of race, regardless of background, whoever they are, whatever sexual orient, orientation they're of, whatever religion, whatever they've done, we have the great privilege and task of calling, knocking on doors, people's hearts. And sometimes even their physical doors or their houses or apartments tell them, telling them, come and see. The God, the real God, invites you to live with Him. And there's nothing required except to trust in the ultimate sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, whose blood 
can make you acceptable instantly. No more striving, no more going and learning all the meticulous details of how to wash and how to prepare to enter into a physical tabernacle or even come into the commonwealth of Israel and go through different ceremonial rites and prove yourself to the people and the priests of the land that you really are qualified now because you've abandoned other religious ways. God, who sees everything and who has himself opened the access to heaven, to everyone, has given us this this ambassadorship, ambassador status, to tell people as a diplomat and an ambassador, God has sent me with good greetings to you. Peace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he invites you to be a part of his family. How beautiful. How simple. Trust in the blood of his son that was shed as a lamb. Slain to wash you of your sins and you can come in. He'll make you brand new. And he'll give you hope. He'll give you an exciting eternal future with him. The Levites, the priests, the Israelites were all meant to shine as a beacon of hope to the whole world. But they weren't necessarily commanded to go and knock on doors and bring people in. They were to function as the God, uh, as the people of God, observing God's commandments. And in that way, God would hold them up as an example of his treasure, as a prototype, if you will, for the rest of the world. But the way has been made only since Jesus came available for everyone to come in. And we are in the most privileged times to hurriedly call people because the door will close. So, Just as the door of the ark closed. There's an urgency to go and tell people, come to the house of God. I'm worshipping the living God. They said that to Jonah. They feared God. They started sacrificing to God, never mind their gods, once they saw God's power. Jonah tells them, I worship the real God, the living God. And Jonah didn't do what he's supposed to do. We can fulfill our duty. Call people and tell them how strict it was, how very carefully people have to approach God and we still do, but we have Jesus who has become our high priest. He makes all the intercession for us before the Father. When we come to him, he will forgive us and pardon us, the atonement to pardon and forgive our sins will be effective when we trust in his sacrifice for us. And then he gives us the power to be holy people. We can tell people there's actually such a thing as human beings becoming holy on this side of eternity now. And God wants to forgive you, set you right with Him, have fellowship with you, give you power to live as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And He promises 
to never leave you nor forsake you. He'll take care of all your bills. He'll mend all the brokenness. He will forgive all your sins, heal all your diseases. He is working, and the more closer you get to Him, the more you'll see His power manifest. Even through the worst attacks of the adversary, Satan, Satan. God will make sure you overcome. And He will make you fruitful to be a blessing to God and to many people. We have the calling of God to go and tell people, come and become the Israel of God. Not the physical descendants only, but the people who are obedient to God, having the law written in their hearts by the Spirit, and were able to follow Him and live with Him in peace and joy. May we have the burden which the Jew wouldn't have had. But we've been called to tell everybody, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ is King. And the Lord has made a way for you to become a child of His. May the Lord help us to understand the application of the pardon, holy living, and the love of God through you, through me, reaching out to people while there's time. You can be part of the nation. What nation? A holy nation. A royal priesthood. A chosen generation. A special treasure. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. We thank you. Father, help us to look for opportunities by your Holy Spirit. To show forth by a holy life and by delivering a holy message of your love, your pardon, your forgiveness, your power to everyone around us, Lord, as you lead us by the Spirit, that your house may be full, that your nation may come before you, a holy nation, of every tribe, tongue, every kinds of people. Every kind of people, Lord. We may honor the Lord. All the heathen may honor the Lord. Especially those who have become acquainted with you and surrendered their lives to you, becoming your children. Oh Lord, you said, ask of me and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. We ask you, Lord, give us souls Give us souls that we may get them acquainted with you, holy and loving God. They can be part of your family too. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for teaching us, Lord, to 
walk worthy of your name so that we can be winsome and that our lives will be attractive to people, that they may see Jesus in us and run to the Savior to surrender at the foot of the cross. Thank you, Lord. And praise you, Lord, for all your mercy. I thank you for helping us with all our problems and our troubles. Continue to have your healing hand upon all of us, Lord, who are suffering, all among us, Lord, who are suffering, all, Lord, who are looking to you for permanent relief, living God, that we may be more effective in using our bodies, our energy, Lord, our voices for glory. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. You have given us a covenant and you're mindful of your covenant. And Lord, you will fulfill the desire of those who fear you. You will show us your covenant in a deeper, intimate way. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you, Lord. We praise you. Bless the works of our hands this day, O Father. Help us to have a pure heart and clean hands that we may have the fellowship on top of your mountain continually. I thank and praise you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.